What do you do when you're in New York and Massachusetts talking sports with you? Right here in the beautiful Berkshires on a Tuesday morning. It's WTBR Sports Talk 89.7. Let's go. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? <laughs> Cold? <laughs> Good morning, 89.7 FM, WTBR. Robbie Zucker here on WTBR Sports Talk, as we do on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, 413-445-4234-413-445-4234, the number to call right here on WTBR Sports Talk. And thank God I live... But probably what a minute or two minutes from the radio station went to get myself a coffee this morning, half decaf, half regular. Because seriously, folks, for me to have regular coffee, that's not a good thing. So, uh, decaf, half regular. But uh, it's four degrees up here in the Berkshires today. Sun is shining, thank God. And uh, as I put my gloves on the car this morning, as I had frozen fingers in my gloves, and uh, my gloves were even frozen. So, either put the gloves inside or keep them in your glove compartment. That's why they call it that. So. Anyway, 413-445-4234. Hope everybody had a good weekend. And, of course, another crazy football weekend in the NFL. We'll discuss it. Uh, we'll also discuss the NHL and some basketball. If anybody wants to call and talk about those sports, it's fine with me. Right now, I'm not talking much baseball because there's nothing much happening going on in the world of baseball. But 413-445-4234. So where do we start? Let's start with a couple games last night in the NBA. The Celtics winning 101-98 in overtime over the hapless Pacers. Now, the Celtics are at 500 right now, so they're not in a great position right now. But I'm sure they'll probably make the playoffs. And my Knicks won 11-96 winners over the Spurs last night. Uh, R.J. Barrett with 31 points. And uh, some of the local teams in the NHL, uh, obviously my Rangers out last night in L.A., lose to the Kings. The Kings are very much improved. So they lose 3-1 to one to the Kings, a couple of COVID issues with the Rangers and so forth. And then the Bruins, an impressive win down in D.C., spotting the Washington Capitals a 2-0 lead and then coming back and winning uh, an impressive fashion. 73 Bruins starting to pick up their play, uh, getting contributions from Taylor Hall. And, of course, the, the top line, uh, of course, you know, always scoring. You know, with Pasternak and and Marchant, uh, the, you know, they're always uh, a top line in the NHL. And of course, Bergeron. So the, the the Bruins starting to play a little bit better hockey, starting to move up in the standings. Actually, if the I hate this expression, but if the season ended today in the playoff story, the Bruins would be a playoff team in the wild card position. So, but we have to start with the National Football League because let me tell you something. I mean. What a crazy, crazy weekend in the NFL. The crazy scores last night, uh, and, and, and uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, I say last night all the time. It's a bad habit. If anyone wants to call me and tell me, Rob, it was Sunday, okay? It was Sunday. But you have Saturday games and Sunday games and Tuesday games and Thursday games, so it's difficult to keep up with some time, but uh, not completely. I write down all the scores every morning and you know get my information and so forth and try to prepare myself in some ways to talk about the NFL, but... Uh, we could talk about a lot of different games, but specifically focus on a couple of teams. First of all, the Patriots lose down in Miami. The Miami Dolphins fire Brian Flores. A bunch of firings in the NFL. Nagy goes in Chicago. Faggio goes in Denver. Zimmer goes in, in Minnesota. I knew that was going to happen. That was obvious. And obviously, Nagy was obvious. But Flores was a surprise to me. Flores is the first NFL coach to be fired 
after having a seven-game winning streak. And I thought he did a really good job down there. So Brian Flores is going to be the hot ticket for some NFL coach. Now, I think Jacksonville is a perfect place for him to go. I think uh, that would be you know him having complete autonomy of that organization. Uh, he could go to Chicago. He could certainly go and take the Denver job. But uh, Brian Flores is a hot commodity now that he's gone from Miami. Evidently, he and the general manager did not see eye to eye. Um, you know, he didn't want Tua, and he and Tua didn't see eye to eye. So Brian Flores moves on with a pretty good resume as the one Belichick disciple besides uh, Mike Vrabel that has had some success uh, as a as an NFL football coach. So, but uh, last yesterday, uh, yesterday again, you see, oh, yesterday. Anyway, the Jets uh, lose to the Bills. The Bills will play the Patriots. We're going to talk about the NFL matchup because it's wild card weekend, folks. Three games. This is insane. You get three games on Saturday. <laughs> you get two games on Sunday and even get a Monday night game between the Cardinals and the Rams. We're going to talk about all the games, break them down and so forth. 413-445-4234 right here on WTBR Sports Talk. The phone number to give us a call right here. And uh, as I said, You know, the NFL has been so insanely wild this season. I mean, unpredictable, and uh, I want to congratulate my buddy Mike down in Ocean City right now is not feeling well. Michael, if you give us a call, I know you're not feeling great this morning, buddy, and I'm wishing you the best uh, with the crazy COVID and uh, sitting in the house for five days, but you'll be okay. You'll get over this, and I love you, buddy, and hope uh, hope you're doing well, and give us a call if you can. But, uh, you know, you look at the, the NFL matchups this weekend, and uh, there's some really great matchups. Like I said, we'll talk about that. We got to talk about some games here, uh, specifically, <laughs> specifically the Chargers Raiders game the other night, which was just ridiculous. I mean, Brandon Staley, what is wrong with this guy? The Chargers are the definition of all you know, all talent and no brains, especially from a coach who decides he's going to go from his own 18 yard line <laughs> in the third quarter. Down by three. I mean, you can't f- make it up. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I think it was the second quarter, actually, before. No, it was the third quarter because they were down. And, I mean, what is he doing? And then, you know, you have an opportunity to play for a tie and both get in the playoffs. He's calling a timeout with 38 seconds left. The Raiders aren't even stopping the clock, and he is. His explanation, he wanted to change up his defense. He's had the worst run defense in the entire league, and this knucklehead it stops the clock. And gives the Raiders an opportunity to run the football. They run the football, and the Chargers supposedly put in their solid run defense, give up like eight or nine yards, and the Raiders kick a field goal. The Chargers go home. The Raiders go on to the playoffs, which is a great story with everything they've gone through this year. And the Raiders will play, uh, the, the I believe, the Chiefs, right? Correct the mundo, as I'm correct. Yes. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, the, Ra- the Raiders will play at the Bengals. The first game, that will be the first Saturday game. So 413 um, you know, Brandon Staley, it was just, I, I never see anything like it. Going for it uh, on your own 18-yard line, giving away three points. He gave away nine points against Kansas City a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's just unbelievable to me how this guy is just absolutely clueless. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be analytical. It's another thing just to be completely stupid. So let's talk about another organization that's completely stupid. Let's talk about the New York Giants and the debacle, the absolute embarrassing debacle that went on on Sunday. I have never in my life, ever, ever seen in my life, of all the years I've watched football, this is 50 years I'm going back, a more embarrassing moment besides the Pisarchik fumble in 1978, okay, when the Giants basically all they do is sit on the ball and the game was over, and for some dumb reason they decided to run a play, and Herman Edwards goes the other way as they call it the miracle of the Meadowlands. I could not believe for my life, could not believe this. The Giants have the ball in the first half, it's a 3-0 game against the Washington football team. Joe Judge decides that he's going to have Jake Fromm sneak the ball on second down. Okay, all right, you're at your one-yard line. You want to sneak it a little bit, give yourself some room for a third down play. That's fine. I understand that. But third down and nine, and this is where, I mean, this is the most embarrassing. Third down and nine, the Giants sneak the ball again. Sneak the ball. You're a 4-12 team. You're sneaking the ball. What are you telling your fans? What are you telling your players? You're giving up on them? They gave up. They gave up 225 yards on the ground. I don't want to hear their defense is good. Their defense stinks. All right? It's not the worst part of their, of their team, obviously, because their offense is, is abysmal. But it's embarrassing. This team scored three touchdowns, I think, in the last five weeks. They drove the ball 46 times down the field or 45 times down the field for three touchdowns over a course of a bunch of games. It's embarrassing. And, they, and of course, Gettleman sitting there in the booth with his feet up, I mean, yesterday taking pictures on, on, on the field with his family. 
Finally, they say he retired. Okay, I understand he retired, but let's face it. This guy was going to be fired anyway, but he didn't want to be fired because they wanted to give him a nice, you know, welcome. Um, you know, they wanted, to, they wanted to give him this really nice farewell party. Dave, thank you for all the years of the Giants. I mean, the quote from Marrow is ridiculous. Thank you, Dave, for all the years that you brought to the Giant organization, etc. We know he was there during the Super Bowl years. We know. We understand that. But for four years, the Giants have had the worst record in the National Football League. They have been an absolute mitigating disaster under Dave Gettleman. And they want to keep the coach now. What makes you think that anybody, any Giant fan, would want this coach to come back after the embarrassing 11-minute soliloquy last week against the Bears, which they got blown out by a lousy team who fired their coach too? Nagy's gone. How could Judge not be gone? John, Judge is 10-23. and 23. In two years now, it's not his fault that Mike Lennon stinks. It's not his fault that Fromm stinks. It's not his fault that Dave Gettleman's been a debacle for the Giants for four years with a 19-56 and 56 record. I understand. It's not all his fault. But why would you bring this guy back? I mean, that is the most embarrassing thing, running a sneak. I mean, they're the laughingstock of the National Football League. Now think about this, how ridiculous this is. I mean, this is like Pee Wee League. I've seen high school teams that don't do this. I mean, least you could have done is throw the ball down the field, give the ball to Barkley in the flat, something. And the fans are sitting there. And by the way, 20,000 fans showed up. 20,000 diehard Giant fans that thought, okay, we might have a chance to beat Washington this weekend. And the parking lot is empty. And the tailgate parties are just gone. And John Mayer is driving into the parking lot at Giant Stadium. You know he does. And he's probably driving and embarrassed as can be. Well, he should be embarrassed. He should be embarrassed. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous that you're going to retain this coach. Now you want to bring in a general manager. So what are you supposed to do now? You're supposed to bring your general manager into the, in, into the fold and say, well, we don't know if we really want this coach. Or you're supposed to get a Ziegler. Or you're supposed to get, uh, you know, um, uh, the kid. The kid uh, man, I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now. But you're supposed to get, go out and get somebody in the Patriots organization or somebody who knows Joe Judge. I mean, it's just like almost ridiculous to me, or Paoli, I'm thinking of, you know, and uh, the former general manager of the Green Bay Packers, his son works for the Patriots as well. So what are you going to do? You're going to bring somebody who knows Joe Judge? Now, my opinion, bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh, give him the money, let him have full autonomy of the organization. Say, here, Jim, we're going to make you coach and general manager, or you're going to be the coach and you're going to hire somebody that you think should be a general manager, because this is absolutely 100% embarrassing. I have had it as a Giant fan. John Mara is clueless. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. The fans don't want Judge back. And Judge shouldn't be back. I mean, that was absolutely the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my life as a Giant fan. I cannot tolerate. This is worse than the 70s. I grew up watching bad teams, horrible teams in the 70s. This is 10 times worse than anything I've ever seen in my life. And to bring this clown back... They are the laughing stock of the National Football League. I cannot believe even the Jets have a better direction than the Giants right now. So anyway, give me a call, 413-445-4234. We'll take our first call right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Well, well good morning. It's uh, COVID Mike from Ocean City, Maryland. <laughs> How you feeling, buddy? COVID <laughs> Mike. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> if it's COVID Mike now, don't use that name after you get better. Do you have a fever? <laughs> COVID, Mike. Not a, no, I never did. I never did. Thank God. Um, thank God, because that's so, the worst. Yeah, I, but I, they told me I could have these symptoms for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I was like, well, that's encouraging. Well, you saw how I was. I had for six weeks, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. But uh, So I wanted to ask you about uh, your, your Alabama team last night. What, what happened? Yeah, I didn't watch very much of it. I caught a little bit of it you know, before the half and stuff. I don't know. They're just, you know, I, I forgot about the Bama game. Yeah, they lose to, to Georgia, and uh, Georgia deserved to win that game. They only held them. I mean, they outscored them, what, 20-3, to 3, I think, in the fourth quarter. So I was busy watching the Rangers lose to L.A. last night on the coast at 10-30. So. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the Georgia deserved it. I mean, they were ranked number one most of the year, and obviously Alabama beat them at the end of the season to win the you know, SEC championship. But, uh, yeah, I'll give Georgia credit. I mean, like I said, I didn't catch much of the game last night. But I know, I know they did win 33-18. So, and all year long, well, they were ranked that, number um, one. You know? I know that Alabama's your, uh, your adopted team because, you know, you and I went to Emerson and we really didn't have any sports teams. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Alabama actually was my team as a kid because my mom's best friend's dad played for Alabama. In fact, he's the, he's the only Jewish guy in the in Alabama Hall of Fame. He played with Bear Bryant on the same team. So, 
But uh, anyway, yeah, I was just going off on the Giants because I've never seen anything in my life like that play call yesterday. That was, I mean, you talk about the lowest of the low, basically telling your fans that we quit. And then the Giant players quit on him. He quit on the Giant players. I cannot believe for my life, Mike, that they want to bring this guy back. This guy's an absolute clown. I cannot believe this guy makes Ray Hanley look like Paul Brown. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's, I cannot believe. Well, I'll tell you what, you should, you should consider going for Gettleman's job. And if you need a reference, I'd be glad to uh, provide <laughs> that for you. There you go. Yeah, well, I, I, did you see him yesterday in the press box, sitting there kicking his feet up on the field, taking pictures with his yeah. family? I wanted, I wanted to, literally, I, I wanted to have my Peptic, like I said, one hand and my beer in the other hand. I mean, I've def- never seen anything like it in my life, honestly. I have never in my well, life. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad the season's over. Oh my God! It's like the fact that it's like torture. The fact that I sit there and put that game on yesterday, knowing what they are, and then picking the Giants. By the way, congratulations! Your checks in the mail, so almost. So at least you'll get a little gift for uh, you know for for all your troubles with the COVID thing. But uh, I was going to say so. <laughs> <laughs> it's lousy 20 bucks. I appreciate that. No problem. We'll send you another <laughs> gift certificate for dinner. So, but anyway, I mean, <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk about the playoff matchups because I can't stand talking about the Giants anymore because the organization's so dumb. I mean, I, I, I have no idea. Now they said they're not going to take Abrams, who's an inside guy, and make him general manager. They're going to get somebody from the outside. I'll wait till I see it because John Mayer is driving me insane. I, I, he just doesn't get it, Mike. He, there's, he, you know what he is? He believes Joe Judge's BS. That's the thing. Joe Judge is so full of crap. Somebody described him on a radio the other day as like Francis Sawyer from, from Stripes. Remember Psycho, the character Psycho? Somebody described Joe oh, Judge yeah, as yeah. that. I mean, he's so full of crap. The guy walks around with a septic tank around his back, honestly. I mean, he's so full of it. How do the, I mean, you're not talking to fans in Jacksonville. You're talking to the fans of the New York Giants, for crying out loud. I, I never in my life. I could well, not believe I was it. shocked that they fired Flores, though. I, I, my jaw hit the floor uh, when I heard that he got fired. Well, I, yeah, I was surprised. The thing is that evidently they never wanted to. Uh, he never. He wanted. He wanted to get Justin Herbert, and, and we could talk about Staley another time because he's just a complete idiot. But I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they. I mean, Flores getting fired. That was a real shocker. But you know what? He's the hottest commodity now in the NFL. He's going to find a job yeah. instantly. He's, you know what? Jacksonville York. would be perfect for him. Would he? Would he come to the to the uh, Giants? I don't know. Uh, he would be a good guy to come to the Giants. I don't know. I think he, I think he's going to look for a full autonomy position at this point. And right now, the Giants are in limbo because Joe Judge is still the coach of the Giants. It's almost like the Giants say, "Well, we fired a coach after two years with Shermer, fired a coach after two years, you know, with Ben McAdoo. So now we're not going to fire this guy after two years." But you know, and I said it's not all his fault, but he's. He's a horrible head coach. He's a terrible game manager. He's a horrible play caller. He, I mean, third and eight, you're running the ball again yesterday. You're third and eight. You're 12, you're four and 12. You're playing, you're playing the Washington football team. It's not like you're playing the Cowboys or, you know, or playing right. the Patriots or the Eagles or any, or, or the Titans or any solid team out there. It's, it was just, it was embarrassing. And 20,000 people show up in a 70,000 seat stadium. Okay. That's embarrassing enough. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, my, my well, what do you think of the matchups then this uh, well, yeah, so starting this weekend? Right, so we let, got football on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, so let's go through the, the matchups. I'll, I'll ask you who you like. Okay, so Saturday's first game is the Raiders and the Bengals. The Raiders coming off this. Oh, my God. You know me how much I love the Chargers, too. I mean, I, hey, Brandon Staley should have been gone. And Spano's family deserves what they got because they're moving the team from San Diego. But that's another story. Okay, so Saturday, Raiders and Bengals. Who do you like and I'll why? the Bengals. You're taking the Bengals? Okay. Yeah, they're obviously at home, and, and I mean, Burrow's having a, a great season. And I think they're, they're wide receivers. Are running, they, they get, they're a pretty balanced team. Uh, I, I'm not taking anything away from the Raiders, but I think Cincinnati at home is, is, is unbeatable right now. Yeah, well, they they can be beat. The thing is that to me, it's like it, to me, it's like the Raiders are out of trouble, you know, uh, stopping the run all year. So I like Mickens to, to run on them, and that will open up play action passes for Joe Burrow. But I mean, it could go back and forth. I mean, the Raiders can score fast. They got some talent, and now they have a healthy tight yeah. end back. So, but I still think, you know, and also too, this is a young Bagels team. You know, it's a first playoff game at home in a while. Um, a young coach, both coaches young, but. Um, and I, I think I think uh, the Raiders did a great job coming back, winning you know three games in a row and getting in the playoffs. They really did with everything they went through this season with Gruden and the whole bid and the, and you know the whole the whole thing with the with the you know vehicular thing and everything that happened. So not to get into it, but uh, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bengals. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I like the Bengals. I think the Bengals will win because I do think that they'll be able to open some some play action and also be able to run the football against the Raiders. But uh, you never know with the Raiders. The Raiders right now are playing like with house money, you know. And sometimes, you know, yeah. when you play with house money, you got a chance to do some things. So we'll see. You know, I'll take well, the Bengals. Yeah, I'll take the Bengals by a field goal. Do you think it's going to be a high scoring game, a low scoring game? Would you take the over and the under of this game? What is the over/under? Right you know now? what? I don't know. Has it come out yet? I'm not sure. It probably has, but I, I haven't I, even. I, I would be inclined to take the over. Yeah, me too. Me too. Depending on what's going on there in Cincinnati, we know how cold it gets in Cincinnati. I'll never forget yeah. as a kid. I'll never forget the Chargers in the Ice Bowl there. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like 23 below zero after they won in Miami the week before. <laughs> And Kellen Winslow's getting dragged off the field. You know, he had like 13 catches, and then they went up to Cincinnati, and they just got pulverized. I mean, I'm watching Dan Fouts trying to throw in the cold. The guy's playing in, you know, 75, 80-degree temperatures in San Diego all year. It was just uh, it was ridiculous. And, uh, of course, I was really upset about that one. Of course, the, you know, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and the Chargers went home again, as they normally do. I've never seen, Mike, in my entire life, I have never seen a more snake-bit franchise than, than the Chargers are. They are just completely snake bit every year. It's the same thing. They lose more big games. It's amazing how this franchise just cannot win a big game, except for the game they won against Pittsburgh and then wound up getting blown out in the Super Bowl by the 49ers. So, all right, so all right, so the next game is Patriots-Bills. Give us give us a little insight on the Patriots-Bills. What do you think? Oh, that's, that's a tough one. Um, they're playing at Buffalo, I would assume, right? Yeah. Okay. I'd have to give the edge to Buffalo, although the Patriots are a team that, that could surprise. But uh, that'll be a close game. Um, but I don't, I don't feel great about the Patriots going in, but I think it'll be close. But I'm going to go with the Bills. You're going to go with the Bills. Okay. Um, um, the, reason I, I like this, I like the, the reason I like the Pats in this game, now obviously it's a rookie quarterback and stuff, but their ability to run the football all year, and, and the it, Bills have a top-notch defense. However, they've been vulnerable against the run. And the other thing, too, is that the Bills have had a tough time running the ball this year. Like, Singletary hasn't had a great year. They have a tough time running the ball. So, to me, if Bill Belichick wants a strategy, it's about shortening the game, keeping Josh Allen and the offense off the field. So, mm-hmm. I, the Patriots are a weird team. They really are. Obviously, you know, Mac is a, is a rookie, but they have a good defense. They run the ball well. So, I'm going to go pick the Patriots in an upset. Uh, over the Bills, I like their kicking game better. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll come down yeah. to special teams, maybe a couple turnovers. But if, if the if the Patriots can run the ball with effectiveness and keep that Bills offense off the field, they can shorten the game and win the game because the Bills have an explosive I, I, offense. Yeah. And the Patriots, obviously, they're going to use two tight end formations. They're going to run. You know, they're going to run Damian Harris. They're, you know, they're going to run Stevenson. Uh, and and, and I, the last time they went there, they were able to win, and they were able to shorten the game. And obviously they only threw the ball three times, and Mac completed two of those three passes in that horrible weather. But, uh, you know, they definitely got a chance uh, to win. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Pats on the road in an upset game, so, uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, like I said, uh, my buddy Mike on here on WTBR-FM 89.7, about 413-445-4234 here on Tuesday morning with Robbie Zucker. And... Uh, yeah, Mike, it's it's interesting. You know, the Patriots lose down in Miami. They had everything to play for, and the Miami Dolphins just play for pride. And I get, you know, I was surprised with with which Coach Flores too. But evidently, there were some issues um, uh, with uh, their general manager and and Coach Flores, and also, like I said, Tua. He and Tua did not really see eye to eye very much. So so Brian Flores moves on. Like I said, he's he's the hot guy in, in the. Uh, in the coaching ranks to uh, take over somebody else's organization. I think he's going to go to Jacksonville. I think that would be the best place for him to go, but we'll see what happens. So, And then the third game is the Chiefs and the Steelers. The Steelers fans sitting there. Could you, could you imagine being a Steelers fan the other night going, please don't tie, please don't tie, please don't tie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, almost, it almost ended up a tie. That would have been crazy. I messaged my buddy Marshall that you know in Pennsylvania. I'm like, and he's sitting there and going, hey, man, you can thank Coach Daly for his stupid. Stupidity. I mean, the field Boy. building. Uh, I mean, I could not believe he stopped the clock. And then he says his excuse in the press when he, he gets the press conference. He says, well, we wanted to put our, our special defense in there or whatever he said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but whatever he said, he said he wants to just 
you know, put that defense in there. And what do they do? They give up eight yards, and Joey Bosa misses a tackle, and they all miss a tackle, and they kick a 47-yard field goal and win the game. And, you know, the, pay, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans are, like, jumping up and down in their living rooms. There was a few ones. They kept isolating Steelers fans at the game that were sitting there. You know, it was hilarious to watch them. They were all, like, sitting there so nervous, wondering if it was going to be a tie. So, uh, but if the, if the Chargers stop them on that third and four, it was probably a tie, and they both go to the playoffs. But, I mean, yeah. But I mean, Brandon Staley, I mean, they, they got on Coach Lynn and fired Coach Lynn. This guy's worse than Coach Lynn was. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter whether it's Marty Schottenheimer, whether it's Norv Turner, whether it's Anthony Lynn, or whether it's Brandon Staley, this, this, like San Diego, I say, the Chargers always find a way to lose a big game. They stink. And his coach stinks. And, I mean, he thinks he's so analytical and so cute. Oh, we're going to go for it on fourth down at our own 18. That's just plain stupid. I don't care about analytics. That's just dumb. You gave away an extra field goal. How about two weeks ago where you gave away nine points against Kansas City, and then they go down to Houston and get blown out by the Texans? Inexcusable. Inexcusable. You know, all talent and no brains. That's the Chargers. That's exactly what the Chargers are. All talent, no brains. Led by a complete knucklehead who thinks that he's so bright and so smart and so advanced in his analytical, you know, uh, Procedures. He's, it's re- absolutely ridiculous. It's just insane to listen to and, to and to watch. So, so Brandon Staley, I would have fired his rear end, uh, you know, completely. But uh, of course, that's not going to happen. They'll bring him back next year, anyway, brother. So, your, what's your prediction for that game? Um, Before I take a come away show I, break, I, I would say the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll say the Chiefs too because they they knocked them around. I don't think the Steelers were any, any good. The Chargers are better than the Steelers. They're just not in the place. The Chargers are better than a lot of teams. They're in the place. They're better than the Eagles. They're better than a lot of teams. It's just they find ways to lose. So, anyway, brother, hope you feel better. Keep in touch. You need anything? Just let well, me know. Well, yeah, it was yeah. a pleasure. Uh, love your show. Thanks, and, buddy. And uh, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully some other people will call and give you some real good insight. I hope so. <laughs> you did great. What are you talking about? Anyway, bro. All right. Love you, man. Hope you feel better. All right. All right take care, brother. Right, bro, talk to you soon. Okay. God bless. All right. Bye. That's my buddy Mike checking in right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Uh, we'll take a, bit of a, take a bit of a time out for a couple of messages, and then we'll return with more WTBR Sports Talk right after these messages. Pittsville residents, have you heard about Code Red? It's the city's emergency alert program, and it keeps you informed on the latest updates and notifications, including but not limited to weather-related emergencies, road closures, and water main breaks. So stay connected and be informed. Text Pittsfield to 99411 to enroll or visit cityofpittsfield.org to sign up. Larry Krepke here from Nothing But Old 45s, inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Pritchard County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8, and if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. If you've cut the cord and still want to keep in touch with Pittsfield Community Television, PCTV Select is now available on Roku and Apple TV. Live press conferences, city meetings, and more are just a click away. Pittsfield Community Television is now available without cable. With PCTV Select, 
available on Roku and Apple TV. For more details and for download instructions, go to PittsfieldTV.org. Don't be stupid with your skin. It's the only skin you're in. Know what's good and bad to do. Find the right and wrong for you. It's time to learn what it's about. Cause indoor tanning is out. UV lamps from a tanning bed. They can turn your skin beet red. Wrinkles come from the UV light. And age spots make you go frightful sight. With UV light, it gets worse. Skin cancer is a wicked curse. Don't be the one that's tan and dead. Use your brain, use your head. It's time you learn what it's about. Cause indoor tanning is out. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. No nonsense, no messing around, just 100% pure raw. Unplug your appliances. We need the power. WTBR. WTBR Sports Talk right here on 98, 99.7. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> 89.7 WTBR FM right here. A beautiful day in uh, in the Berkshires. Cold. Oh, my God. Minus four here. I woke up this morning. I'm looking around for my scarf. I think I left it at Mom's or something. Mom, if you're listening out there, uh, see if you have my scarf. It's the only one I have, actually. I need a backup scarf. Anyway, 413 445 Four two three four. Mike checking in, by the way, from Ocean City. Mike, hope you feel better, buddy. All right. I mean, this COVID thing has been insane. I mean, protocols and people getting this Omicron variant. I mean, it's just, it's been insane. It's just, you know, everybody's got to you know, be smart and go get vaccinated. That's all I have to say, man. Do the right thing. Go get vaccinated. The more people that get vaccinated, the less Omicron variants and the less variants we're going to have around here. So, Anyway, it's not for me to talk about health and so forth. Let's talk about sports and other things uh, that are more uh, more fun and more enjoyable. But uh, you know, to wishing everybody out there who is not well, uh, please get better and do and do the best you can and get vaccinated for people who haven't gotten vaccinated yet. So, four one three four four five four two three four here on a Tuesday morning with Robbie Zucker as. Always here on our usual 10 o'clock slot. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go through the games right now. I went through them quickly with Mike. So let's start with the um, Saturday game, Raiders at Bengals. Okay. So the the Raiders coming off that insane win on uh, on Sunday night, which is just a fantastic game. And I give I give Justin Herbert a lot of credit. You know, his numbers didn't look good at the end, but he threw a lot of passes. But, man, to, be, to bring them back down, they were down 19 uh, with um, about uh, maybe – Five and a half, six minutes left. They drive down for a touchdown, and they drive the ball down the field. And on the last play of the game, Mike Williams with a touchdown, who should have caught a couple other passes, and almost really should have scored in overtime to win for the Chargers. But he just didn't have the angle there. Else, you know, if he has the angle, he's gone, and they win. They win in overtime. So. I give the Chargers credit for fighting and coming back, but again, I've said a million times about Brandon Staley. He's just a complete knucklehead. Some of the things that he does just make you shake your head. You know, I understand, you know, you want to be analytical and you're looking at percentages of going for it on fourth and one, but not from your 18-yard line and not when you're down by three points for crying out loud. What the heck are you doing? Thanks for giving him another six points, Brandon. Guess what they won by? By three. So thanks for giving him another three points there, another field goal. So it's crazy. But so let's start with the matchups. Raiders at Bengals, okay? Raiders at Bengals. All right. I look at the Bengals, and I look at the inconsistency of the Bengals this year. Now, uh, had they had a great year? Yeah, 10-7. and seven. They win the division for the first time since, I don't know, since Dan Ross was playing. And I'm thinking of, you know, since Ken Anderson. I mean, it's been a long time. You know, probably, probably Marvin Lewis might have won a division with them, I think, if I look back. But it's hard for me to remember. But uh, anyway, the Bengals have had such a lack of success over the years. But uh, now Paul Brown Stadium is going to be filled. 
this weekend. People are going to be excited to go see the Bengals. And uh, I like the Bengals. Like I said, I like I like Mickens to run on the Raiders, who are not a great team against the run. And I think that will open up a lot of play-action passes for, for Joe Burrow. So I think the Bengals win that game. But I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say, uh, all right, let's go Bengals. Bengals 31 and Raiders. Uh, I'll give them a few field goals here. Raiders 24. So, Maybe maybe closer, I don't know, maybe a seven-point game, maybe a four- or five-point game. So I'd say 31-27 uh, Bengals. All right, next game, Patriots-Bills. We talked about that a little bit with Mike, and uh, we were discussing uh, the Bills' offense. I was trying to say that the Bills' offense for so much of the year has been very one-dimensional. It's been Josh Allen, and they haven't run the ball as effectively as they could run the ball. And I'm thinking if the Patriots shorten the game, if there's a way that they can run the ball effectively against the Bills, which they did last time, and, you know, put those, uh, you know, bunch formations, those two tight end sets. And the tight ends have played really well for the Patriots and really have improved uh, since the beginning of the season. So it's really about, you know, Belichick and his, his game plan. I think it's going to be more of a smash mouth type of game. Uh, I think the Patriots can stop the Bills offense. They can get to Josh Allen. And I like a low-scoring game here. I like, I like the, the under. I don't know what the under-over is, but I'll, I'll take a look. Like I said, I haven't even had a chance to, to look at the under-over or, or the spreads even yet. But um, I like the Patriots-Bills game. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. And I, I like the Patriots upsetting the Bills. Uh, uh, let's go to maybe, eh, I'll say 20-17 to 17 Patriots, all right, on a last-second field goal by Nick Folk, who's had a tremendous year, actually. So, And then you get to the Chiefs and the Steelers. The Steelers coming in on a, you know, on a high, uh, winning a close game yesterday against the Ravens, who... You know, the Ravens played so many close games this year, and obviously Harbaugh going for two on two consecutive uh, occasions. And, um, you know, when they have the best kicker, probably in the National Football League in Tucker, and I couldn't figure, I couldn't figure out really the decisions. Now, obviously they played Green Bay, and they thought, well, there are injuries, and they didn't think that they were able to stop Aaron Rodgers if they had gotten the coin toss and so forth. So, I mean, at one point they should have scored. I mean, it was a bad pass. And they actually should have won that game with the two-pointer, but he, but he threw a, a poor pass. Uh, Lamar threw a poor pass, and, and that's why they didn't win, win that game or else they would have scored the two-pointer and won that, that game. Um, so, you know, I give, the, I give the Ravens a lot of credit for sticking in games with all their injuries, especially on defense and so forth. So Harbaugh's going to be back, and Martindale's going to be back unless Martindale gets a, gets a head coaching job. So those guys are going to be back. Because I had a friend of mine yesterday said that they shouldn't be back, uh, my buddy Mike, who's a, who's a Ravens fan, and, and I, I said they're going to be back. There's, you can't take a, st- a stable organization and break it up. That's been a stable organization, you know, under Ozzie Newsom, and uh, he's gone now, but under that organization for the last – you know, they've been in the playoffs like every year. I mean, they're consistently good every year, and that's what the Giants need to do. The Giants need to get back to what they used to be, which was a consistent organization and so forth. But anyway, 413-445-4234, the number to call right here on WTBR Sports Talk at 1037 right here on a Tuesday. And, um, you know, the thing about the, the Chiefs is that, you know, they lost the other day, but the thing is that the Chiefs, you know, they have all the tools. They've been there before. They have the experience. They have a coach, you know, who's been there before. And I like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to rock them, uh, you know, <laughs> at Arrowhead. And I like, I like a pretty good score. I, I think the Chiefs win by two touchdowns. I'll say Chiefs 31 and, uh, you know, and uh, I don't know, I'll say 17 points. So 31-17, I'll say, against the Steelers. So that's, those are the three games on Saturday. You got Saturday, the Raiders and the Bengals and, and, at the 1 o'clock game, the Patriots-Bills. Uh, is a 4 o'clock start, and the Chiefs and the uh, Steelers is the evening game. So that should be a lot of fun on Wild Card Saturday. Sunday, you got the Eagles and the Bucks and the 49ers and the Cowboys. The Eagles, interesting story. Great job as they turn their season around. Everybody predicted the Eagles uh, to be in, uh, in last place. They even predicted that the Giants would finish better than the Eagles. Well, you know what? The Eagles still have a good offensive line, and they still have a good defensive line. And when you have those two things, those two elements on your football team, you can do a good job. Now, they've run the ball better than any team in the NFL this season. They lead uh, the National Football League in running, uh, in, in, uh, in the run. And also, uh, you know, Jalen's had a pretty good year, you know, back and forth. And, uh, you know, he's a young guy who likes to run. And last week he was hurt. I'm sure he'll be starting this weekend. And, uh, you know, it's, it's they're playing with house money, okay? I don't think they're going to win, 
But they go in there running the football. Again, shorten the game if you keep Brady and that offense off the field. The problem is now the Bucks are one of the best front sevens in, in the league. So I would think that the Eagles would have a difficult time running the ball against that front seven. And they're going to have to you know, run their quarterback a little bit, come up with some plays, come up with some, some things, maybe some play-action passes. Uh, but the problem for me is that the Eagles are going to have a tough time running the ball against that front seven. If they can run the ball against that front seven, well, then perhaps you know they keep Brady off the field and they shorten a the game, similar to what I think the Patriots need to do in order to win the game. But uh, the Eagles, you know, they're playing with house money. Let's face it, nobody gave them a chance to even make the playoffs, and now they're in the playoffs. And they had a terrific season. They really did. They surprised everybody in that division. So I think the Bucs will beat them. I think they'll beat them by two touchdowns. And uh, I like the Bucs uh, to win that game, um, I'll say 34, I don't know, probably eh, maybe 34, 20, something like that. Maybe it might be maybe by two touchdowns, something like that. So I'll say, so I'll say Bucks 34 and, uh, and the uh, Eagles 20. The next game is really interesting. The Niners coming off an unbelievable comeback down 17 to the Rams, who are just, I don't know, the Rams are like this bipolar team. I can't figure out the Rams at all. I really can't. I mean, I, li- I like their coach. I like their talent. But I just I can't figure them out. They just lose weird games. They're up by 17 against Garoppolo and the 49ers. The Niners make an amazing comeback. Garoppolo drives them down the field in the fourth quarter. Towards the end of the game, they score a touchdown, and they win an, and they win an OT. And um, they're, they're, you know, this is a team that's, you know, very much Jekyll and Hyde this season, too, the 49ers. But um, I really think that they have a chance to win this game against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, to me, they're another team I can't figure out, really. They've had a really great season. I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy. Um, I think that the, uh, that the 49ers have a really good shot in this game. And I'm, this is my upset special. And I'm going to pick the 49ers. I, mean, I think the 49ers are going to get to Dak Prescott. I think they're going to stop the run. They're going to force Dak on long third and longs. If you force Dak Prescott to throw third and long a lot, and I'm not saying he's had a great, a great year, he has, but there are times where Dak Prescott looks, you know, human. And I think if the 49ers stop the run and stop Ezekiel and stop the, uh, you know, the, ru- the running game of the Cowboys, um, I think they can win. The Cowboys have as much talent as anybody in the league. I mean, they have a tremendous young receiver in CeeDee Lamb. I mean, they really do. And they have Coop, and they have a, a whole bunch of really good players. But, I mean, I just think that the 49ers have a chance in this game. They really do with their defense, with their running game. And uh, I'm going to pick the 49ers in an upset. So my pick is the, it's, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game than, uh, than people think it's going to be. I like the 49ers to win 24-20 to 20 against the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens with those games. And then, of course, we have the Monday night game uh, between the Cards and the Rams. Now, the Rams, like I said, Cooper Cup, great player, okay? And he's been unbelievable this season. Uh, Matt Stafford's had a terrific year, but he's up and down. Matt Stafford has never be showed me that he can really beat these winning teams, though. If you look at the, if you look at the year the Rams have had. So the question of the matter is, how is Matt Stafford going to do under pressure now with a playoff team? You know, they're playing in L.A. However, they're playing a team that's so good on the road and so bad at home. The Cardinals lose again yesterday, 38-30, to a Seattle team that goes off, winning a few games, and we don't know what's going to go on with Russell Wilson. I'm assuming he's going to come back uh, to Seattle, but uh, we don't know quite yet what's going to happen to Russell Wilson. But they scored 38 points on the Cardinals yesterday. Now, the game was basically meaningless for the Cardinals. So the Cardinals go up to L.A. where they're better. They're like road warriors. And um, I, I'm serious. I really think the Cardinals can win this game. Uh, you know, the, it's going to be a really close game. Back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I like the over in this game. I think both teams are going to score points. I think it's going to come down to special teams, turnovers. And, uh, you know, Buddha, Buddha, what's his name? He's awesome, the uh, safety on the, uh, on the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who can make a big difference. He can really wreck a game at times. And, Obviously, you know, Donald's a tremendous player for the Rams, too. So, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different guys on, the, on both defenses that can, you know, wreck the game and cause turnovers and so forth. But the Cardinals have been so good on the road this season. I mean, they've been unbelievable and so bad at home. So here they go on the road with a major amount of confidence. And, uh, and you know, Kyler Murray, you know, he's, he's been up and down. We all know that. We all know he's been hurt a little bit. But uh, it's, it's him against Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford, to me, has never shown me that he can really win playoff games. Because he never makes the playoffs because he's been with Detroit all these years anyway. Uh, so, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of pressure on Matt Stafford, uh, you know, in L.A. 
Um, but I'm, t- I'm picking the Cardinals. I'm picking the Cardinals in an upset, the road warriors that the Cardinals are. And uh, I-, I like the uh, Cardinals to win uh, uh, 31-24 by, by, a, by a touchdown. And we'll see what happens, you know. But it's interesting with the Cardinals. They've lost five in a row at home. And, and this team is unbelievable. I mean, they-, they go home, they give up 38 points to the Seattle Seahawks. And then they go on the road and they beat Dallas. And then they go on the road and they beat the Rams. I mean, it's just a weird team, you know. And uh, they started off the year, what, 7-0? And uh, and lost a bunch of games over the last half of the season. But yet, you know, they're in the playoffs. And they, uh, and it's, I don't know, I can't figure them out. But when they go on the road, man, it seems to have more confidence than they actually have when they're playing at home. So, so my upset specials, I like, the, uh, I like the 49ers over the Cowboys. And I like the Cards to upset the Rams. And I like the Patriots to upset the Bills because you never know what's going to happen on Wild Card Weekend. So, so those are the Wild Card matchups uh, for the weekend, and uh, and it should be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to have lots of football. And so, of course, the Titans and the Packers get the uh, they get the buys for their records. Uh, the pa- uh, the Packers finishing uh, with the. Uh, 13 and 4 record and the Titans with a 12 and 5 record both getting buys into the playoffs. The Titans, you know, if Derrick Henry's coming back, I mean, they they can win any game with him coming back. They're as good as any team in football. They have a good defense, not a great defense. But they run the ball beautifully, and if they can run the ball well and not put the ball in the hands of Tannehill all the time, they can beat anybody in the league. And Mike Vrabel is an excellent coach and certainly uh, definitely a candidate for Coach of the Year in the NFL. And then on the other side of the ball, we got the Green Bay Packers. So let's talk about the Packers for a moment. All right, the Packers are a team, obviously, that had the best record in the National Football League this year. However, however, they are also vulnerable, vulnerable against the run. So the matchup, if they match up against a team that can run the football, um, you know, they have a chance to win those games against the Packers because the Packers, to me, have not shown that they can stop the run. And again, you get a team that runs the ball well, keeps Rodgers and that offense off the field, shortens the game. And there you have an opportunity to win the game. So 413-445-4234 right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Give me a call if you want to talk about anything in the world of sports. And uh, it should be a fun weekend. It's going to be really fun. And uh, we'll see what happens uh, on Saturday. But Saturday's got some great, great games on it. So now getting back to the Giants for a moment, if I may. Okay, I mentioned the guy's name before about hiring Jim Harbaugh. And to me, he's the guy who would have full autonomy of the organization. He would either be GM or pick a coach or be the coach and general manager. But they need somebody in this organization who has, you know, the full autonomy, understands the college draft and knows what he's doing because the Giants over the years, the draft has been lousy. Now, they've picked some good players. Xavier McKinney's a good player. Obviously, if he ever stays healthy, Tony's a really good player. Tony's super talented. But let's be honest, Dave Gettleman should have taken Micah Parsons. He should have taken a linebacker. He should have taken a defensive guy. The Giants need a lot of things. They need an offensive lineman or a couple of them. They need, they need an edge rusher. They need linebackers. I mean, they need a lot of help all the way around. So the question is, what are they going to do? Who are they going to bring in? Who are they going to draft uh, You know, coming next season? They better go out and get somebody who knows what the heck they're doing because it's been obvious over the last couple of years that Dave Gettleman is clueless. You know, and I was the dummy who wanted Saquon Barkley, too, so I'm just as guilty as Gettleman is. But when you look back on that draft, let's be honest, they could have taken Quentin Nelson to start and develop the offensive line. His first thing when he came in, he said, we're going to rebuild this offensive line. Well, thanks, Dave. For four years, the offensive line has stunk. Now, granted, I know they had some injuries. They're starting center. They're starting guard. And they moved the, the wonderful Will Hernandez to the right side of right guard. He's been an absolute bust as well. Another Gettleman pick that's been a disaster. So they took, you know, they didn't take Quentin Nelson, but they took, they took Will Hernandez uh, for their second pick that year. But, I mean, the whole debacle, you know, with Odell Beckham, the whole debacle taking Jones at six, which is just ridiculous. They could have taken Josh Allen from Kentucky. They actually could have taken Josh Allen, the quarterback, the year before. And it's interesting because Gettleman wanted to draft. Uh, he, he, wanted, he wanted Herbert. He wanted Justin Herbert. But unfortunately, Herbert went back to college, or else Gettleman would have drafted Herbert. So that's one thing he would have done. And it's going back to McAdoo when he was the giant coach. He wanted Patrick Mahomes, and the organization laughed in his face when, Mac- when he- McAdoo said, oh, I think this guy you know, from Texas Tech is pretty good. We ought to draft him. And Jerry said, nah, let's not draft him. What do you know what you're talking about? And so, I mean, it's just, you know, the Giants are a debacle. But, I mean, how in the world, again, do you bring this coach back? If you have any uh, thoughts on it, give me a call, 413-445-4234. We got about... Oh, about 12 minutes remaining in the hour here at WTBR Sports Talk. We're going to take um, a little bit of a timeout, 
and then we'll get back to here uh, on about uh, oh, a few minutes. We have a couple of minutes to talk uh, about anything you want right here at WTBR 89.7 FM. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. As you know, decisions we make every day can affect us for the rest of our lives. What you may not realize is that you are 23% more likely to be involved in a collision while you are texting and driving. That means texting and driving makes you 23 times more likely to cause a crash. Every day in the United States, nine people are killed and more than 1,000 are injured as a result of a crash caused by a distracted driver. Remember, put down the phone and arrive alive. Don't text and drive. This message is brought to you by the Pittsburgh Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Wheeling the Pathways of Life is a snapshot of the day-to-day experiences of disabled individuals as they navigate the world around us. We wish to shed light on and open your eyes to a new perspective of people with disabilities. Listen to Wheeling the Pathways of Life every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. on WTBR 89.7 FM with a live simulcast on Access Pittsfield, cable channel 1301. Hey friends, if you're looking for some party music, tune in to Polka Express with me, Bill Gustavus, every Wednesday night from 6 to 8, and Sunday mornings from 8 to 10, right here on 89.7 WTBR, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in, built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the Donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support. Hey friends, if you're looking for some party music, tune in to Polka Express with me, Bill Gustavus, every Wednesday night from 6 to 8, and Sunday mornings from 8 to 10, right here on 89.7 WTBR, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. No nonsense, no messing around, just 100% pure rock. Unplug your appliances, we need the power. WTBR. Back to WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker right here on a Tuesday morning with you. 10.52 in the AM, 413-445-4234, the number to call. In case you want to call, we got about eight minutes left. And uh, we were talking about the games this weekend. You know, the thing is, is that, you know, when you look at the New York teams and, and, and the Jets, I wanted to touch on a bit. You know, yesterday, the Jets, you know, yesterday, here we go again, Sunday, the Jets played against the Bills. And, you know, for the most part in that game, the Jets played, you know, a fairly competitive game. When I look at the Jets and the Giants, it seems like the Jets are going in a better direction now with Joe Douglas as general manager and Robert Sala as head coach. And, you know, Zach Wilson, the last four or five weeks, no interceptions, playing, you know, a decent game. I, you know, the book's, you know, still out on whether Zach Wilson 
Wilson can be a starting quarterback and a franchise quarterback in the National Football League. But but certainly, when you look at the Jets, I mean, yeah, they won four games, but they improved every week. There's room for optimism with Robert Sala and with Joe Douglas. Now, the Jets have a lot of draft picks. They're going to have, a, you know, I think the fourth pick in the draft. The Giants have the fifth pick and sixth pick in the draft. So they better not screw this up. So, obviously, the Jets need a lot of things. They need help in the secondary, and they need help at uh, uh, an offensive line. We don't know if, if Beckham's going to come back or what's you know, his situation uh, because he's been hurt the whole year, basically. He's a guy they drafted you know, really high uh, from Louisville. Uh, he's a big, big kid. I mean, the guy, if he stays healthy, can be a really good player. The question is, can he come back from the injuries that he's had this year? So, But Zach Wilson, you know, the last couple of weeks has been improving. Um, like I said, you know, we don't know what this kid is yet. I mean, he's a good kid. He wants to win. He's got a great attitude. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But the Jets seem to be pulling in a better direction than the Giants. And the Jets did this for years. They had a general manager who didn't want the coach. The coach didn't want the general manager. You know, they had Adam Gaze there. I mean, it has been it was totally discombobulated on the part of the Jets. And it seems like the Giants are doing the same thing right now. I mean, they keep the coach, and they say, oh, we're going to go fire, hire a general manager. So basically, John Mayer is afraid to fire Joe Judge. What are you afraid of? You're the owner and the president of the New York football Giants. I mean, you know, be, be a man and fire the guy. Tell him, thank you very much for the two years you killed the Giants, but thank you very much, and we'll let you go. So when you look at the Jets next year, like I said, they need, they need offensive line help. They need, they need another they need an edge rusher uh, that definitely could use something in the secondary. But there's a lot of young players on there, a lot of room for optimism with the young receivers, a young quarterback. And we'll see how Joe Douglas does. I mean, he came from the Ravens organization, the Eagles organization. The guy's been a, a proven winner. And uh, this is only his second year as general manager, but at least there's a foundation there. At least as a Jet fan, you can say, we have our general manager in place. We have our coach in place. We have our offensive coordinator in place. You know, you had a rookie coach and a rookie offensive coordinator this year. But they're in place, so there's stability, some stability for the first time in a long time with the Jets. You have a coach and you have a general manager that work together with a cohesive, you know, plan. What is the plan for the New York football Giants? What's the plan? I want to know if Giant fans out there, tell me what the plan is for this team. 413-445-4234. We have about four minutes left in the program. I mean, what is the plan for the Giants? Oh, we're going to keep Judge now. We're going to keep Judge now. I mean, what is the general manager supposed to do? Go, uh, yeah, um, we're going to keep, uh, no, we're going to fire him. No, we're going to keep him. It's like, you know, what is this, Ross Perot? Yeah, I'm going to keep him. No, I'm going to fire him. No, I'm going to keep him. I mean, what are you going to do? You can say, okay, we're cheap Joe Judge around as coach, and then when the general manager comes in who he hires, he can either make the decision to fire him or hire him. I mean, it just makes no sense at all to me, folks. It really doesn't. I, I'm so puzzled at that play call yesterday, and if anybody wants to give me some thoughts on it, like I said, i got about four minutes left of the show. Call me, call me, 413-445-4234 right here on WTBR Sports Talk. And, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm really glad that the Rangers are really good this year because, let me tell you something, between the Jets and the Giants and the Knicks, who are terrible, I'm sorry. You know, I know Barrett had 35 last night, you know, 31 last night. And, uh, you know, in, in, in a game in which it, they took care of the San Antonio Spurs, who are not the Spurs anymore, obviously. But, I mean, you know, just thank God for the Rangers. I know they lost to the LA Kings last night, but they're the only team in New York right now that has any relevance. Now, the, obviously, the Mets did a lot of good things, getting Buck and making all the moves they did, obviously getting Scherzer and so forth. You know, <laughs> Cohen spending money like it's going out of style. But, I mean, they, have, they are not relevant yet because they haven't shown us that they can actually have a winning season at this point. But you look at, the obviously, the moves they've made and bringing in Buck, you would think, okay, you know, they're probably going to make the playoffs this year in a division that's pretty tough. So uh, with the Braves, obviously, there. But, um, you know, the Phillies definitely need room for improvement with Philadelphia and their bullpen issues and so forth. But you have to think they're going to get better. And uh, Washington, you got to have to think they're going to get better after they were terrible last year after obviously winning a World Series championship a few years ago. But, I mean, you know, thank God for the Rangers because I have never in my life seen such bad sports. I mean, i got to go back to the 70s with some of the players here. I mean, you know, some of the teams. I mean, the Jets and the Giants are just awful. But like I said, the Jets at least have themselves a foundation that they can build on with Robert Sala and with Joe, Doug, uh, Joe Douglas uh, running the organization. So anyway, I got a couple minutes left, but uh, enjoy the games this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun wild card weekend. I uh, want to give you my Super Bowl prediction. Um, I think the Super Bowl runs through Green Bay. I think this is Aaron Rodgers' year. I think they will get there. 
Um, no matter who they play, I don't think they're going to find a way to lose like they did last year, which was just ridiculous giving the ball back to Tom Brady. But we could talk about that many times, but I don't think that's going to be the issue this year. Um, I like Green Bay. I think they're uh, a really exciting team. I, I, I hope that Aaron Rodgers will get another Super Bowl ring. I know there's been a lot of controversy with a lot of things he said and the whole COVID situation, but his attitude is, you know, is, is good. He, he likes playing there. He's, he's a team guy. He's a tough guy, and I think he'll do a great job. So I like the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl uh, and my AFC team. Well, you know, we could, it's all easy to take Kansas City and so forth, you know, and, 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 you know, it's really easy to take Kansas City. And, you know, obviously, you know, having that record and so forth. But I'm going, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans this year. The Tennessee Titans are going to wind up in the Super Bowl. It's going to be Mike Vrabel, uh, you know, against, um, uh, I was going to say Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> against uh, against Aaron Rodgers. So the Titans and the Green Bay Packers. We'll see you next week, everybody. Tune in tomorrow. And uh, tune in for another day of more WTBR Sports Talk next week. Bobby's up for saying so long. We'll see you soon, okay? You're going to stay safe.